and everybody goes through struggles and hard times. So really focusing in on the things that you love and making sure those activities feed your soul is something that's such a key part of my happiness. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. On the podcast this week is Amy Tangerine, the award-winning designer and craft expert and the woman behind the creative lifestyle company, Amy Tangerine, that creates online content and fun products like t-shirts and craft supplies. And Amy is also the author of Craft a Life You Love, infusing creativity, fun, and intention into your everyday. And Amy has a brand new capsule collection that just launched with Avery. I can't wait for you guys to check it out. This is a really fun conversation and a great week in the land of Seek the Joy podcast. It was such a blast connecting with Amy and having this conversation with her. And she's given workshops all over the world and she has this awesome YouTube channel. She also consults with brands and clients and really her mission is to inspire people every Everywhere to feel joy and confidence by really infusing creativity and fun and this level of intention and mindfulness into their everyday. And on today's episode, we chat all about Amy's love for color and design and where sharing her creativity really began. We talk about the connection between creativity and joy, tools that Amy relies on to help her craft a positive mindset and how she wants to feel on any given day. And we also talk about the importance of feeding your soul with things that you love. And of course, we also talk about her brand new collaboration with Avery and honestly just so much more. Amy is beyond talented and she's really proof that you can craft a life that you love. I totally just stole that line from her book, but she has an incredible journey and a really fun story. And we really cover so much during this week's new episode. Amy's energy is infectious and I had the best time chatting with her for today's podcast. And in celebration of today's podcast episode, this week, we are hosting a giveaway alongside with Amy and Avery. One lucky winner is going to win a prize pack from this incredible collection. So to enter the giveaway, head over to my Instagram page, like the post announcing the giveaway and make sure to follow me and Amy on Instagram and then tag a friend that you would want to get organized with. You can enter as many times as you want. The giveaway closes on July 15th and I will announce the winner on July 16th on my Instagram page. I'm just so excited about this. I can't wait for one of you to get your hands on this collection. It's really fun and creative and colorful and Amy talks all about it during this week's episode. So I'll wait for her to share that with you. Also, these products are only sold on Amazon. So Avery and Amy are offering 15% off your order on amazon.com when you purchase these products with the code 15, so 15, and then Avery the letter N, and Amy. And of course, I will include all of this information in the show notes for this week's episode. There is so much fun stuff going on. Before we dive in to this week's episode, you know that I have to share the iTunes review of the week. And this week, it comes from Hot Scenario, one of my favorite new podcasts. Every topic is magical and useful. I listen for weekly doses of inspiration. Many of the conversations are relatable and I love the storytelling aspect. The everyday woman is so important. Hot Scenario, thank you so much for taking a couple of seconds to rate and review Seek the Joy podcast on Apple iTunes. If you have been enjoying this podcast, if a guest or a topic has inspired you in some way, or if you just want to support this podcast and support me, 
I would be so grateful. Just head on over to iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Give us a quick rating and review and take a screenshot of your review and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. And as my way to say thank you, I will send you a couple of Seek the Joy podcast stickers as well as our guide to infuse more joy into your life. Seriously, these reviews make my day, they make my week, um, and I'm always just so grateful and appreciative to hear and learn more about what you think of this podcast. All right, guys, as always, to learn more about this week's episode, you can head over to the show notes section of our website, seekthejoypodcast.com slash show dash notes, and everything is right there, including all of the details about this week's fun giveaway with Avery and Amy, as well as their promo code, so you can get your hands on some of these products on Amazon. Also, the show notes is where you can download this really amazing graphic created by Amy Tangerine just for this week's episode. So make sure to head on over to the show notes to download it. It's probably my favorite quote from this week's new episode. This was such a fun conversation. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It was so wonderful really to explore the connection between creativity and its ability to help you craft the life you love and the life you want to live. You know, every experience we have is an opportunity to explore our creativity and our joy. So without further ado, here is my really fun conversation with Amy Tangerine. Hi, I'm Amy Tan. I'm the founder of my company called Amy Tangerine. It's a creative lifestyle company that creates online content as well as fun, tangible products like t-shirts and craft supplies. I also wrote a book called Craft a Life You Love. I've taught workshops all over the world. I have a YouTube channel. I consult with some awesome brands and clients. And I would love to just inspire women everywhere to feel joy and confidence by infusing creativity, fun, and intention into the everyday. I I love this. And I love the emphasis on, on the creativity and infusing that really into your everyday life. And so where did this all start? Were you always creative growing up or was it something you kind of grew into? So I think because I was an only child, I spent a lot of time by myself. And my parents always encouraged me to go do things and go make things because I would often complain that I was bored. (laughs) And so when I had any opportunities to, you know, relieve some of that boredom, I was busy doing stuff and kind of creating things in my own little world. And when friends would come over, we would also do the same thing where we would play school or we'd play bank or random things. I would play office, which is something so strange, but, (laughs) you know, creating these little mini worlds that I would, um, you know, be able to make up something and then have it be something that I played towards. I think that part of me has just kind of stuck with my journey throughout. But yeah, I think that honestly, I think a lot of my creativity came from being bored a lot. I know that sounds silly, but it's true because I wasn't entertained by other things. You know, I could watch TV as much as I wanted, but, you know, after a while that got old because back in the day we had commercials, you couldn't fast forward things, you couldn't really pause (laughs) anything. So um, yeah, my parents were always very creative people. My dad loved making things with his hands. He's an engineer. So he would, on the weekends, build furniture and, you know, do some random projects. My mom always loved sewing and crafting. And I think that really went along the lines of what they wanted to put into my life. And I kind of saw that and tried to infuse that into everything that I was doing. I I love what you said about how it really came from being in a space of being bored because when we're bored, we have to use our imaginations, right? And we have to be creative and we have to, especially as kids, like create those worlds. But I even find as an adult that it's within those moments of 
being bored or being still that my creativity sort of really really ramps up. And so I thought that was really interesting that you said that because often we don't think about boredom or being by yourself or being still as kind of being that gateway towards, you know, greater creativity. Yeah, especially in today's world where we have so many options and so many resources right in front of us at our fingertips. We don't really take the time to pause. You know, some people are like, oh, how do you keep these creative juices flowing? How do you find all these ideas? Where do you find your inspiration? I mean, I think inspiration is all around us if we're willing to look for it. But sometimes we can also be fed with too much information. You know how, I'm not sure if you do this, but I will often hop on Pinterest with a goal in mind. And then an hour later, I realize I've just gone down this rabbit hole (laughs) and completely changed what I was doing and not set out on my goal. So I think there's a lot of ways to consume inspiration, but then also you have to be sure to pause and create that for yourself or for others and be intentional about doing so. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because I often get down that rabbit hole too. And then next thing I know, like two hours have passed and I've totally, you know, gone off task. But it's, it's, I think it's a hard balance, right? Between wanting to stick with kind of the structure that you give yourself, whether it's a to-do list or a project, and then also giving yourself, you know, that space to be creative, you know, with any moment and kind of allow yourself to go down, to go down that rabbit hole. And so for you, how have you been able to sort of balance that? Because I know creativity is such a huge, you know, part of your life, but how have you been able to sort of balance, I guess, the realities of having to have structure with also really allowing yourself to play and be creative and, and have fun that way? It's a difficult balance. It's something that I have struggled with a lot. And I think it's a constant work in progress. I have learned to adapt to different situations and not be so hard on myself when I'm just not feeling it. A lot of times I've, you know, done these techniques where I've developed throughout the years of being able to really focus and hone in on the things that I need to accomplish. And part of that comes with just knowing who I am and how I operate. And sometimes I can, you know, do a task if I'm really excited about it or a project that I'm working on and spend hours on it at a time. But there are other times when I struggle at the beginning and it's okay for me to say, hey, look, I can no longer procrastinate. So I was a very big procrastinator at first. And I think that that helped me a lot throughout my life. But what I realized now is with deadlines, you know, I will intentionally put a deadline a little bit ahead of what it is supposed to, let's say it's due on a Tuesday, well, I'll do it so that it's due the Thursday beforehand, just so I can really focus in on saying, hey, you know what, if the ideas don't come on that Thursday, then I can let it flow maybe through that Friday or through the weekend and really get down to it on Monday. And I know that you can't always do that with things, but those little adjustments and techniques that you can make really make a big difference. And, you know, sometimes I'll just change tasks completely, but when I don't have the luxury of doing that, I've just developed these techniques that help me process and I'm able to, you know, sort of regain my composure and say, okay, this is what needs to get done. Maybe I'll start painting something and then that will lead to other ideas. And I I've definitely learned to give myself grace. I used to be so hard on myself when I couldn't get a project done in a timely manner or set out to do, you know, my accomplish everything off my to-do list. But now I've just learned that creativity comes in many shapes and forms. And sometimes you just need to take pause to actually get those ideas flowing. Yeah. I think it's about exactly what you said in a way, right? Like changing that inner dialogue with yourself and and not being so hard on yourself and knowing the way that you work and the, knowing the way that you process everything. And what was kind of like the journey for you getting to that space of really realizing, you know, how you operate and how you process things? Because I mean, personally, I've gone through quite a trial and error process, you know, of like, okay, I'm going to be super structured and eh, that's not really working for me. Okay. I'm going to, you know, not be so hard on myself and change how I speak to myself. I mean, for me, that's really changed 
pretty much changed like everything. So what has that journey been like for you, you know, really changing that inner dialogue and, and how you speak to yourself and allow yourself that space that you were talking about? I think a lot of it has just been the fact that there are so many things that I want to do and so many things that I want to share. So a wise mentor once told me a long time ago that it's not how many ideas you have, it's how many you make happen. And that Mm -hmm. to me suddenly made me feel like, okay, I'm giving myself permission to say, hey, I'm going to try this. Let's see how it goes. And then also I have the permission to change course. Because so I used to be so hard on myself, and then I would sit there and spend a lot of time, let's say, on a project that didn't really quite come together the way I envisioned, and then I would spend another hour or two sulking about it when I could have just, you know, given myself grace and said, hey, that's okay, what's done is done, let's move on, let's see how we can fix it. And it was easier for me to do that for other people, which is why I think it's so easy for us to, when I was consulting with other brands and other companies, it's really clear to me to say, hey, these are the action steps you need to take. But then when it comes to my own work, and I'm just so hard on myself, and I'm so critical, and I've really had to learn different ways to navigate through it. And to be honest with you, I think that a lot of what has helped me has been therapy. <laughs> I know it sounds so, so I don't know, like obvious to people who live in Los Angeles. Yeah. But I think that you know, in other parts of the country, it's not so evident and so accepting, I guess, to just go to talk to a therapist and, and have a professional opinion on what's really going on. It's so interesting you you mentioned all of that. I mean, starting with the fact that it's so much easier to get things done for other people than it is for yourself. And I'm a total perfectionist. So I totally relate to you in terms of being critical and hard on myself. And I've had to learn to like let go of that perfectionism, but it's really hard, but therapy has helped me too. And I think it's interesting, you know, like you said, in Los Angeles, it's more accepted than I think it is in other, in other parts of the country. And my hope is that, you know, through these different types of conversations that people know it's okay to reach out to a friend or a family member for help or work through getting different systems or ways of thinking or processing things through therapy. I mean, or meditation or yoga or whatever it is. I mean, there's so many different, you know, avenues out there. And I, I, I think it, I think a lot of people are always shocked too. when they're like, Oh, you, you learned that in therapy. And I'm like, yeah, I learned that I really needed to change, you know, I don't know how I was setting up my whole morning. Cause I was, you know, running around with a chicken with my head cut off. And, and so there are so oh many, you know, there are so many different things that you can learn through really reaching out and getting, you know, help or assistance or even just like a friendly ear. Totally. I completely agree. Something you said too reminded me that I think that when I was always in a point where I was anxious and really busy. Okay. So I've had my own company since I was in college Wow. and I only worked for somebody else for about six months. And that to me, I mean, officially worked like in, you know, besides I had jobs, my first job was at McDonald's yeah. and I worked a lot, a, a lot of jobs, but you know, truly full-time position was only about six months with another company. Mm. And so I had to learn all these things on my own. And I'm very much one of the people who likes to do trial and error and, you know, learn the lessons and try to grow from there. But I think that Part of what has helped me too is that I have always been really sort of goal oriented. And so losing the sight of the expectations of where I need to be at a certain point was something that I really had to do. So I couldn't tell myself, oh, well, I thought at 30 years old, I would have been here, here, and here, and I would have already done this, this, and this. Because when I got to that point, I actually had accomplished so many other things mm. and had such a rich and rewarding life in other ways that I had perceived how my life should have been. You're totally speaking my language right now because, I mean, these are conversations I have with friends all the time, like at 
27, we thought we would be here or there or at 30. And I have friends that are, you know, 32 and they're like, I thought my life would look a certain way. And, and I love what you said about letting go of those expectations of where you thought you were supposed to be and actually taking stock of all of the incredible accomplishments and the things that you've done. They may look different, right? Than what you originally you know, thought your life would look like or what you would have accomplished, but it doesn't, you know, discount all the amazing things that you have done. And I think readjusting that for ourselves and getting that different type of perspective, I think it, it's a total game changer. I mean, it's helped me stop. It's helped me get more sleep at night, I guess is the best way to sort of put it. I love that. Yes. And that reminds me too of, you know, somebody said to me once, you know, think about how you want to feel. Okay, so live your life on how you want to feel. And that, to me, changed the way I set up my days. Because I didn't want to feel rushed. I didn't want to feel stressed. Um, This sort of happened to me when I was turning 30. I call it my third life crisis, my one-third life crisis (laughs) instead of a quarter life crisis. Mm -hmm. Because at 25, I was pretty much cruising. In my 20s, it was great. And then I was approaching 30, and I just thought, how can my life be better than it has been? You know, I just, for some reason, had this in my mind that it was uh, coming to a, all, all the fun was coming to a halt when that was so untrue because my 30s have been so amazing and so fulfilling in so many different ways. And for some reason at that time, I couldn't see it. Yeah. And so I really took stock of how I wanted to feel every day. You know, what would bring me true inner peace and inner joy? as opposed to trying to worry about the future and trying to future trip and trying to plan out all these things. And I think that that really kind of gave me good perspective on saying, hey, look, we can try to plan our life and we can try to control things, but really it's not up to us in a lot of ways, but the things that are, that's what we need to focus on. And part of that is nobody can get inside my head and actually see how I'm talking to myself. I am the only one who can do that. So I need to work on that. Yeah. We have the power to change that dialogue and change that perspective. I love what you just said about living your life based on how you want to feel in any given moment or how you want to feel on any given day. And and for me, that's really looked like prioritizing the things that I love and the things that I love to do and, and the people that I really that I really want to be, you know, around and spend time with. And so how have you been able to sort of restructure your days to make sure that, you know, you're feeling the way that you want to feel? I realized that everything is a choice. Um, and, and I know that sounds very broad, but I can choose how I want to feel at a given moment. And something that somebody told me was that feelings, when you actually let them fully process they actually only last about 90 seconds or something like that, right? So if you're feeling really angry about something that has happened, let yourself process that anger and feel it all the way through. Because really, if you examine how that makes you feel and allow that to take over, it, it can probably only last you a minute and a half. And it's okay to be angry for that minute and a half and to After that, take a deep breath and then return to the present moment and say, all right, what can I choose to think now? Or what can I choose to do now that will make me feel better about this present situation? You know, and I I think what you said about thoughts is so powerful. I never, do you listen to a woman called Brooke Castillo? She has a podcast that I think is named the Life Coach School Podcast. Okay, I'm going to have to look her up. I haven't heard of her. Oh, please do. Yeah, so she has totally reinforced this whole, you know, you have the power to change your thoughts. Hmm, That's wonderful, yeah. And yeah, and I I quoted her in my book too, and she's just amazing. And I think that once we realize that, that's the greatest gift that you can give yourself. Yeah. Oh, I, I like, I totally, totally, totally agree. I mean, our thoughts are so powerful and I didn't realize that those feelings and emotions only last for like a minute and a half. And I think it just goes to show that so often we don't allow ourselves to really fully process, right? Like any given emotion, because I mean, my anxiety could last like five days because I'm really not allowing myself to sit with it and process it and, and bring it down to size. And so I love what you just said because I think it's so true. If we take 
the time to fully process an emotion or fully process a moment or just anything in our life. I think it, I don't know, I think it really changes everything. It really does. And crafting the right mindset is such a powerful thing. It's something that I work on every day. And I think people have different methods of doing so, you know, whether it's through meditation or yoga. I mean, you're really responsible for your own happiness. So once you take stock of that and you're willing to craft your own healthy mindset and it aligns with your values, that's when you can have sudden breakthroughs. And it's something that you have to practice on a daily basis. I don't wake up happy. Everybody thinks that I'm just this happiest person that they mm. they know. And I, I am full of joy. I really am. But it's something that I've really had to work on throughout my life because I think my my internal compass is to be afraid of things, is to be fearful of what the unknown holds. And I think that's why I've been such a worry wart my most of my life. And it comes from, you know, my parents because I don't know if they it's because they were immigrants, I don't know if it's a generational thing, but they did not believe in going to talk to somebody about the thoughts that you're having in your head. They didn't believe in going to a psychologist or psychiatrist. It wasn't until they were going through their divorce and I was 15 years old that I finally, you know, I said to them, I need to go talk to somebody about this. Mm. And then it turned out that it wasn't the right person anyway. And so I only went to a few sessions. It just wasn't the right match. Yeah. But now as an adult, you know, I can see very clearly that I want to infuse those beliefs and uh, those kinds of understandings in my son who's four and a half and just tell him that it's okay. I mean, it was so funny. He said something the other day that was so wonderful and just kind of very Zen-like. And I said, Oh my gosh, where did you hear that? And he said, I learned it from my meditation. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. So, so do you two meditate together? Well, well, we are starting to, because uh, he used to meditate in preschool. They would meditate every day before nap time. And because he stopped taking his nap a long time ago, you know, they still listen to their meditation and they have quiet time for 10 minutes and that's oh. when they listen to it. And it's just so amazing. I'm just so excited that he's able to have this perspective at such a young age and yeah. hopefully, you know, his childhood will be a lot different for him because he's taught mindfulness at such a tender, ripe age. Yeah, this is amazing. Actually, this totally reminds me of a conversation I was having with my dad. I think it was last week because something that had occurred to me was if I have the tools that I have now, whether it's yoga or meditation or journaling or just, you know, having the the knowing for myself that when I feel like my head's going to explode, that means it's time to take a step back and go for a walk. I mean, if I knew all of these tools and practices when I was a kid and if my parents knew of those tools and practices while they were raising me and my sisters, would things have been different? Would my life have been different? Would I have felt different in any given moment? Would that level of mindfulness have played, you know, a, a role in how I approached friendships or school or whatever it might be? And so it's going to be such a game changer for the next generation and those to come to have parents that, you know, have grown up being more mindful or, or sitting in meditation or practicing yoga or just immersing themselves in these different theories and thoughts and um, just practicing self-love and self-care. I mean, it's going to be so interesting just to sort of see, to see that evolution. I am blown away that he meditates in preschool. Whenever I have kids, I need to I send my kid it. to that preschool because <laughs> that's amazing. That's incredible. <laughs> I just think it's going to be such a it's going to be such a game changer. I think so. I totally agree with you. So, what are some tools then that you rely on for yourself to kind of craft that right mindset that you were talking about and and get to that Zen place that uh, your son also gets to when he meditates? Yeah. So through creativity and the process of you know making art. I never considered myself an artist, really, until recently, but I've always had such an affinity for putting pen to paper, so I journaled a lot when I was a teenager, and those thoughts were just for me to see and for me to process through, and, you know, sometimes I would write notes in notebooks, and I've always been really attracted to positive affirmations and quotes, so I used to just write down in colorful markers 
different inspiring quotes that I would read. And I think that there's this wonderful healing process that happens when you do those things for yourself. And one of the things that I really encourage, and I encourage this through my book and through, you know, my blog and my videos is to just spend 15 minutes a day, 10 to 15 minutes a day doing something that feeds your soul. So whether that be scrapbooking, and for me, it's taken on different forms. Sometimes it's playing with stickers, sometimes it's playing with paint. And any type of creative self-expression has really helped me through the hard times. And I know that it has to be on a daily basis because at the times that I've felt truly lost, I realized that I wasn't indulging in self-care. And I know that sounds so silly because that's not, that doesn't really count as self-care. 10 to 15 minutes a day on yourself doing what you love should not be considered self-care. It should just be an essential part of your being, you know, and you should be able to tell your loved ones around you that you need this time. And I think it wasn't until I found myself as a new mom where I realized all these things. And it was, it was really challenging for me because all of a sudden I felt like I couldn't do it all. And whereas I had, you know, some false sense of control beforehand, uh, all of a sudden I was sleep deprived and I was going through all these emotions. I don't think I had postpartum, but I think that there's something that is in between. There's conditions that are in between. Like, I don't think that I've been diagnosed with anxiety, Mm -hmm. but I definitely have anxiety. I've worried. I'm the biggest worry ward. (laughs) You know, I used to worry about everything. And it wasn't until I became a mom that I felt guilty. And I would feel this tremendous guilt for everything. And until I allowed myself the permission to really take stock of the things that I value and the things that are important to me, and for my husband to say, hey, look, you know, you need to just take a little bit of time for yourself. Because in the space of it, you know, I wasn't even taking 10-minute showers. Mm-hmm. And I think I do a lot of my <laughs> my relaxing and good thinking. I think of the best ideas in the shower when I can't write things down. Yeah. So then I have to visualize them and then, you know, immediately jot them down when I get out. But I think there's a form of clarity that you go through. And obviously the process is different for everybody. But for me, it was really honing in on the things that uh, where I can realize that I need to take care of myself and the things that I need to do and to really just do those things. Or if it was just 10 or 15 minutes to just sit in stillness and, and paint or do something that, you know, was sort of mindless. Maybe it was just cleaning the kitchen. I just wanted to scrub the kitchen. And I would do that. Yeah. You know, that, that shouldn't have to count. A chore shouldn't count as self-care. But sometimes it does. You know, we can't have uh, these wonderful days when we're able to accomplish all the tasks on our to-do list. But a morning routine has really helped me ground myself. And then a gratitude practice. You know, I, I'm just so grateful for everything I have and everything I don't. And I think it's really important to include that second part because it's so easy in our lives to look at other people's days or what they're sharing on social media and to say, oh, my gosh, you know, wait a second. I want that. And why, why shouldn't I do that? And why can't I have that? Or look at them. They're doing such fun things. Well, yeah, but you don't know what they're going through inside either. Mm-hmm. And everybody goes through struggles and hard times. So really focusing in on the things that you love and making sure those activities feed your soul is something that's such a key part of my happiness. I love this. And I love what you just said about that connection between what feeds your happiness and feeds your soul. And I really realized there's a huge connection between for me at least, between creativity and self-care and creativity and joy. And I love what you said about how for everyone it looks different. And I think that's so important to say because it's not one size fits all. And how have you been able to kind of, I guess, I don't know, make sure that you have moments of joy for yourself, you know, every day or every week? Yeah. What really brings you, you know, the most joy? Yeah. So identifying that is unique to each person. But for me, I realized that I have to thrive in a creative ritual of my choice every day. So if I want to do that in the morning, whether it's my five to 10 minute free journaling routine, and I will just write for five to 10 minutes. And sometimes, you know, I don't feel like writing. So 
I will still make myself get something, one thought on paper. And I think that that has been such a freeing process for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you really invest time in your favorite hobbies or the things that make you happy, I mean, it could be silly, but I never would have dreamed that my, you know, at 10 years old, I was playing with stickers and markers and doing all these things in my notebook. I would have never imagined that that would be a part of my job every day in my 30s, you know, as an adult. And it just makes me smile so much because I think back then I probably would have felt somewhat embarrassed by it, but because I probably only had two or three friends who were really into it like I was. And I wasn't really that good at sports, so I wasn't thriving in that way. But what really made me happy was being creative and making stuff with my hands. So I think just really identifying what it is for you that your soul craves, I think that's what's really important. And I believe that everybody is creative. Some people are super creative in the kitchen. My husband, for example, can open the fridge and see what's inside and create this amazing dish. Mm. I could never do that. You know, my (laughs) version of creativity is a lot different. And other people can bake and other people can sew and other people can run marathons. You know, (laughs) I think that there's there's creativity in that because that may sound very routine and ritual and more of something that you do for your body, but your mind has to be in it. Oh, I totally agree. And and I think part of that creativity and connecting to what your soul really craves and what you love, I think it really requires us to kind of live a life outside the lines or allow ourselves to color outside of the lines of what's, you know, expected or restricted. And I love how you, you touched on, you know, at 10 years old, like you would have never dreamed or known that this like real tangible aspect of design and color and sharing and stickers and scrapbooking and affirmations and just journaling. I mean, at 10 years old, I never would have thought I'd have a podcast. I mean, we didn't even have podcasts at the time, but you know, it's like, it's like allowing yourself to dream, dream those big dreams and color outside the lines in your life and make sure, you know, that you do that within your every day. I I think, I think it's really who you are. And I just, I love the message that that you put out there. And, um, I just think it's so spot on. And I, I really hope everyone who's listening to this, you know, can apply some of this, you know, into their everyday life. Absolutely. I think that if we all did this for ourselves, the world would be such a different place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having the confidence. So somebody brought up to me the other day, they said, well, how did you gain this confidence that you have? And I said, really? You think I'm a confident person? <laughs> and she's like, yes, absolutely. You know, and I think it came from, you know, my parents really instilling this value in me that I can do anything that I put my heart and mind to. And that was such a strange thing to pinpoint because I was trying to, you know, answer her question in a way where I don't feel that the confidence is something that I have to work on daily, which is probably some things that I've cultivated through the years and it's just become a part of me. But if I don't have that confidence, I mean, trust me, I think you know, that I can't do stuff and I try and I mess up all the time and I make mistakes, but I definitely learn from them as well. Yeah. And so if you can take a look at what you're doing and what makes you feel good, those things will actually inspire what you should take action on. And, and I think that will kind of make a cycle of confidence happen for you. Yeah. Oh, I love this. And stepping into that confidence and growing that pro- that, that confidence is a total it's a total process. I mean, it reminds me of something you mentioned earlier, which is that people think you're always this joyful, happy person and you are, but it's taking you time to get there and work on that daily. And I mean, I have a podcast called Seek the Joy Podcast and people think I'm happy and joyful all the time too and I'm not and I have to literally interrupt myself, you know, on the daily and readjust my mindset and refocus and get myself out of a funky mood or, or whatever it is. And so I totally agree. I think that confidence is really, I don't know. I think it's something that we step into and grow into over time. 
Absolutely. So you have this real love for color and sharing and design and, I mean, scrapbooking, and you have this incredible book and uh, t-shirt line and collections, and you work with clients, and I know you have this awesome collaboration that just came out with Avery. And so I have to ask you about it. What has been like the most exciting part about, I guess, really collaborating, you know, with Avery in this way? And it's the first time they've done something like this, right? This is their first capsule collection that they've done. And it's such a dream come true for me because I used to play school. So I would play school and play office. And it just sounds so ridiculous, but I have used Avery products, you know, since I can remember. And even when I was doing T-shirts and we were selling to 250 stores, one of the stores that we sold to, a department store, required labeling on the poly bags of our shirts. And I remember you could, the standard was to use Avery, you know, 5329. I don't know if that's the number, you know, <laughs> don't quote me on that. But uh, whatever it was, that's what they had as a standard. So we had to create these labels that went on the poly bags of these T-shirts that were being sold at Bloomingdale's Mm. and it was just so funny because it's been a part of my life for so long and I really wanted to create a collection that people could look at and feel joy through because school uh, school supply shopping was something that I really enjoyed school not so much you know I mean there were definitely subjects that I thrived in but other times I had to make things you know appealing to me. And so I think that's part of the reason I would infuse color into my note taking and things like that. So I wanted to create a collection that was for students, moms, and just women in general wanting fun, creative, and inspiring supplies to help them organize their projects and their lives. And the collection is so colorful and bright and expressive. And I mean, I don't know, someone who has spent a lot of time in school, if I had it like really pop in like school supplies and binders and folders, I mean, I don't know. I think I would have used them more. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you go back, not that you need to go back. Or oh, anything, we're done over here. <laughs> Now that you are, maybe you'll organize your, you know, files into the binders. So the collection includes the binders, folders, and the five-tab dividers. So it's just a really colorful and fun. I mean, I sort of put myself into the position of, hey, if I were in middle school, high school, college, what would I want in a collection? And I think that that's what really inspired me to do a lot of this. And it was so amazing working with the Avery team. It was a very collaborative process because they know what they're good at and they know what they've never done before Mm -hmm. because they've been around for so many years. You know, how do you make a binder unique? (laughs) No, I mean, a binder is a binder, right? Yeah. How do you make it more unique than the binder that other people have? So I really wanted to try to figure out inspiring ways and colorful ways to do that, but I also realized that, you know, some people aren't very comfortable with color. I don't know if you realize that I think some people are more comfortable with just, you know, black and white and there's nothing wrong with that. So I wanted to create something that also had this cute spin on it that was just plain black and white. So we have the colorful watercolor rainbow designs. And then we also have one design that's like hatch mark hearts where I just drew lines and hearts and then we, it's just black and white. And, but it's still full of love and happiness in yeah. this very sort of simplistic hand-done design. It's so diverse. And what I love so much about this collaboration and honestly everything that you've done, Amy, is that following the things that you love and your passions and what really fill you up and the things that your soul craves, like we've been talking about throughout this conversation. I mean, really following all of this has really given you just so many, I think, amazing and unique opportunities, you know, to, to put your love and your design and your passion out there. And I think it's such an important and powerful message for so many that you can actually follow, you know, what you want to do and what you love and, and be, you know, successful at it, you know, no matter how you define success. But I think it's 
really, really awesome. And I just, I, I love that this has come about. And, you know, now I just hope everyone gets these Avery supplies and I'm going to get some too for my office because we need to organize over here. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it was so awesome too because the Avery team was so supportive in everything that I was doing and all the ideas that I had. And I just really wanted to make this capsule collection something that was fun. And the fact that you can only get it on Amazon and Avery.com, I think that's something that's so mm-hmm. interesting to me because, you know, at first, I would have wanted it to be in stores, but I think just having it online is something that's really unique. And once people get it into their hands, I hope they see the high quality and how durable they are and how fun they are. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. What has been the coolest part or even just like the most exciting part about you know, throughout this whole life journey that you've been on and you're really only getting started. I mean, there's decades and decades of creating and sharing, you know, your, your love of everything that you do with the world, but what has really been, yeah, the most exciting part about sharing your voice and and sharing your designs, you know, in the way that you have. I have to say that there's been so many rewarding parts. Uh, One of them is definitely the fact that I have these ideas in my head that come out into tangible products and then people use them and they, them sharing their stories and telling their stories through those products. So for example, my scrapbooking supplies, I've been doing that with American Craft since 2011. Mm. And it's so amazing to me that people put my products alongside their precious memories, you know, their photographs, their journaling, and then they have my writing next to them and it brings them joy. I think that's what's so meaningful and fulfilling. I also just love the fact that my book has gotten such a great response. It's called Cross the Life You Love, Infusing Creativity, Fun, and Intention into Your Everyday. And I think it's one of those things that I, it was a passion project. You know, I self-published it in 2017, and then it got picked up by Abrams. And so we relaunched the new, fresh, amazing edition that they helped put mm-hmm. together just in April. And, you know, it was something I never knew that could even happen. So I think all these things that I have tried to do and have accomplished is just so much more meaningful because it connects me to other people and it shares my story, but inspires other people to tell theirs and to live their best creative life. I love this. And I did not know that you self-published that book. That's amazing. And then it was picked up. And I mean, it just goes to show, just put your creativity and put what you love out there and follow follow those things that you love and that you're passionate about. And I agree that opportunity to connect with different people from all around the world. It's, I don't know, it's so cool. And I know you've given workshops on every continent, right? Minus Antarctica. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't like the cold. So <laughs> that would be too cold for me. No, I have no plans. I mean, I taught in Cape Town, South Africa, so that was pretty close. I think that's as close as, we'll, we'll as you might that. get. <laughs> so you really you really had the opportunity, you know, to meet and connect with with people all around the world and that's gotta be so cool and so fulfilling and, and just to see, you know, the impact that sharing your voice and creativity has really had on others. Yeah, it's mind-blowing to me. I mean, my heart feels like it's going to burst every time I meet somebody and they just almost don't know how to react to me and they even say that, you know, because they're like, wait, I followed you for so long and you're actually here and you're just like I thought you would be. And I was like, I don't know how else I could, you know, what else would you expect? I love that. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just so amazing what people are – capable of doing once they, you know, give themselves permission to do so. I mean, everybody who comes to my classes and workshops, I'm always amazed because they have support around them to allow them to come to the workshop and be present in that moment. And that's something that I've really tried to uh, express my gratitude for is that they're taking, you know, hours out of their busy schedules to come and hang out with me to create something together. And I think that that is magical. And if we just allowed ourselves to do that on a daily basis in a small way, 
every single day of our lives, I think we would just be happier and feel more fulfilled and hopefully, you know, not be so hard on ourselves all the time. I think through my YouTube channel too, I've been very blessed and lucky that I haven't had too many negative uh, you know, comments or anything, <laughs> but that was something that I was really scared of. And, you know, I don't like to hear my own voice. I don't like the facial expressions that I make, but <laughs> through that process of creating and sharing more of those videos with people, it made them feel more connected to me because I was showing things that I was making, but I was also showing them something that they probably would never experience otherwise. And I've had comments telling me so. I mean, I get comments from, you know, these great, amazing places around the world saying, thank you so much for taking me on this creative field trip because, you know, one day I hope to visit Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And one day I hope to go to whatever place I took them to, you know, through my video. And I think there's such a power in that. So, and thank you for, you know, starting your podcast. That's something that Mm -hmm. is such a huge leap and a huge step. And I'm sure your audience is so grateful that they get to hear your perspective on so many things and that you invite guests. You know, I feel so honored and grateful to be on here. So thank you. Oh, you're so sweet, Amy. I mean, it's been so fun and the opportunity to have this conversation with you. I mean, I've been looking forward to it all week. And so it's, it's, you're spot on. I mean, the ability to share your voice and your, your perspective and your face. I mean, the facial expressions, I'm right there with you. I don't know if I ever could have a YouTube channel, but you know, just putting yourself out there in that way, I think, um, it gives you the opportunity to connect with people in a way that you wouldn't have otherwise. So I have to ask you the question that I ask everyone that comes on Seek the Joy podcast. What is your biggest dream? Oh my goodness. That's a really hard one. My biggest dream is to live my life fully and authentically and in a way that brings joy to those around me. And I think that that can change in different ways, but I really always want to stay true to who I am and make sure that I'm living life harmoniously and sharing the goodness that comes along with it. Oh, I love this. I love that. I think it's all about that authenticity and and connecting to who you are and through that connecting to your creativity and your joy. And Amy, I'm so happy that we had this conversation. I'm so glad that we've connected. Um, This has been the total highlight of my week. So where can everyone find you and find your amazing new products with Avery and just connect with you and learn more? Yeah, so I am on Instagram, YouTube as Amy Tangerine. I have my blog, amytangerine.com. And I just love connecting with people. Please feel free. I respond to every single comment that needs a response on my YouTube channel and on Instagram. I'm working on getting better at Facebook, but we also have this Facebook group. There's, I think, under a thousand people in it. That's like this Amy Tangerine group that two girls started. Oh and my God. I, and yeah, and it's just so amazing because they share different projects in it and they're just really encouraging. And so, yeah, please come say hi to me anytime. And I would love it so much. Perfect. And I'll include all of this information, all of your information in the show notes. So it'll be so easy for everyone to find you and connect with you. And Amy, this has been honestly such a fun conversation about, I don't know, really creating and crafting and building a life that you love with joy and making that time for yourself. And I just, I can't thank you enough. So thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing.